0: Hello, my high-viving friends. I'm so excited you guys are here. And as always, I'm super excited to introduce the guest we have today. She's amazing. Her name is Alex Danielli. I might have butchered the last name. Did I say that right, Alex? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, So I'm going to tell you about her. So on her journey to becoming a human design coach and mentor, Alex uh, gained invaluable experience working in the German Stock Exchange and continued to scale while holding holding that position in one of the big four accounting firms. She helped multiple Silicon Valley startups through their development stages and through her involvement in product management. This in-depth, hands-on experience paved the way for her own success at the co-founder of a successful tech startup, and after liquidating her startup for a comfortable living, she leaned into her real passion of coaching with all the incredible experience she accumulated on her own journey. So welcome. We're so excited to have you, Alex. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh. Oh, there we go. Oh. I can hear you now. Perfect. I had to unmute myself.
1: No worries. Background you noise know, <laughs> through. Um thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so I would love to kind of hear um how you got into uh human design. I was able to read a little bit about it, but I want to hear from you um kind of how this started for you.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's been a beautiful journey of probably only one and a half years, but really, really diving deeply into this. And I was in a group coaching container with Mm -hmm. one of my previous coaches where everyone was talking about human design. And at one point I was like, okay, let me just see what this is. And um, just for those of you who are already familiar with it, um, I'm a projector. And so projectors and a couple of other types, the manifestors and the reflectors, we don't have the same workforce energy as your type, for example, and another type. So um, it's very much different for us, how, how we operate, how we work. And so for me, when I found that out, that alone was like a big relief and confirmation of what I've always felt around nine to five jobs and all that kind of stuff. Um, So, That is how I found out about it. And then because it resonated so much and I felt this need so much around more clarification and education around us types who don't have that consistent workforce energy. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt really, really called to dive deeper into this. And I have a very good friend and she's also my business partner. She and I, we were on the same journey before of trying to figure out like old school launches and sales, and it never resonated with us. And Mm -hmm. so when we both found out about human design, it just really helped us with our relationships, our businesses, our sales processes and um, our parenting, like all the areas in life and just feeling better about ourselves too. And, we both got certified, we both launched some stuff together. And um, yeah. And then, you know, there's different schools out there of human design. So for those of you who listen, um, there's some more classical approaches, there's some more purist views, the founder is a very powerful man. And, uh, you know, he, he brought this into life. And I respect his teachings very much. And also, at the same time, I'm always feeling that systems evolve and systems move and improve as they get applied. And so my approach on human design is much more permissive, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, um, and empowering. A lot of people, when they first find out about, um, about human design, they can feel very empowered. And then after a while, it can feel very boxed in. Mm-hmm. And so, because then it can feel dogmatic or am I allowed to do this as my type? Is this okay? Is this in line with my energy? I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. And so going beyond that and using this as a tool to really be feeling expansive as opposed to boxed in makes so much more sense to me and the people who resonate with my teaching. And then also there are people who resonate with the purist and classical teachings and it's just really a preference thing, so yeah.
0: perfect. I love that. I think that's beautiful. I am, um, I like how you touched on, you know that systems do evolve and and we as humans evolve. And so um that very much resonates with me, obviously, with my background being more traditional with therapy. Um, it is crazy to see how it is developing and is kind of evolving to allow us to know that the old ways of doing things are not technically the only way. And you kind of touched on that with, your specific journey of knowing that, you know, the, the nine to five is not how you were thriving. Um, and I think I resonate with that, um, trying to step out of that nine to five a little bit, (laughs) um, as well as, you know, knowing that a lot of our listeners do too, that's just not, um, that grind, especially with this movement with COVID, I think, you know, having to take like such a shift and then going to remote and then back and all these different things and people losing their jobs, it, it was really kind of a, a big shift, um, away from that nine to five. Totally. Yeah. So can we go back to a little bit more of the basics of really what human design is? Mm-hmm. Um, I let, I talked to you briefly that I'm not super familiar with it and kind of just what is human design in general?
1: Well, a lot say it's a self-development tool, mm-hmm. um, but it's also, it's not like a test where you take questions and it depends on where you are in your journey and um, how you feel that certain day. It's a birth chart. It spits out a birth chart. So it combines astrology. It combines the Chinese I Ching with, with a 64 archetypes of the I Ching. And it combines the Kabbalah and the, um, the chakra system. So you get a mix of, some really powerful awareness tools all in a birth chart together. Mm. And um, it just really helps you to get a sense of who you are on a deeper level. It's a little bit comparative to astrology, but it can show you different things. And for that reason, I oftentimes even combine the two for certain, and I'm not an astrologer, just Mm -hmm. info, but um, I like combining certain aspects of astrology that human design can can show and the other way around so that you get an even rounder picture and the purists in human design they want to stone me for this <laughs> but, um, it's okay with me right it does make a lot of sense mm-hmm. and um but it just really gives you a lot of once most people And that's why it's gotten so popular over the last couple of years, only that I've known it, it's exploding everywhere Mm -hmm. because people do feel understood, seen, heard, and recognized on another level that they have never been seen and recognized for. And the beautiful thing is you get, it gets divided into five energy types that I briefly touched on earlier when we started and each of these types has a specific strategy, which is the interaction with the outer world or other humans that makes it in alignment with the inner flow and kind of successful. Mm-hmm. And it also, every energy type has an authority, which is the aligned way of making a decision. Mm. And alignment meaning, again, with the flow of the universe, with the flow of the inner energy. And so that can, it's it's very heavily based on not using the mind as a decision tool anymore and diving so much deeper into the intuition, into having our body be our compass, finding where in the body the answer lies. Cause for your type, for example, Caitlin, you're um, a generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and my teacher, Karen Curry Parker calls you guys alchemists, which is such a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. You're response is in the gut it's like an uh aha or an uh -uh. Mm uh-uh and so you can know now where to listen to for me my answer is in my heart because I'm a self-projected projector which means literally my heart chakra my g-center in human design is going to give me the answer and so there's different other authorities that's the authority of showing you where in your body where in your awareness and intuition as opposed to in your mind, you can find the answer because our minds can take so many ways and mm-hmm. depending on what data we have and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think that really hits home for me because I think you know in I feel like we often have people tell us like listen to your heart or and and to me I, I, you know, I do have a lot of emotions. I'm, you know, empathetic and, but all these things, but it never resonated with me when people would say, well, what's in your heart? Because I would always have that, like, oh well, this isn't just a heart decision. Like I would always feel it, like you said, in the gut. So it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me that really resonates with, um, I try to, I'm very kind of in my head and in my gut and I feel that. And so it's kind of finding this interesting balance. And, and when I was reading, um, Uh, Alex sent me a little bit of like a chart, my chart and kind of explained it. And I was reading it and it just hit so like just hit home 100%. And one of the other things I picked up from that was the fact that um, I have to wait. Like that's part of the alchemist uh, piece is taking a step back. And my response is really waiting to see what the world gives me. Um, And that resonated a lot too, because I always notice I'm always looking for those signs. Um, I'm super big into you know, angel numbers, that's a big way that I, uh, receive my signs. And so, you know, I'm always looking for, if I'm thinking about doing this, what signs am I getting outside of me? So I think, um, I like that you said kind of just those pieces of it helps you not even just understand yourself, but understand like your reactions with the world and your responses with other people. Cause I think that's something that we, so many tools lack. We, Learn how to figure out ourselves but don't know how to apply it outside ourselves, or we figure out how to interact with other humans but we don't look at necessarily how that's making us feel and what's happening within our physical body.
1: That's a, a great summary of what you said. And, um, just for your information, um, there's only one type that doesn't have to wait. So, oh, all, good to know, <laughs> we all have different ways of waiting, and it's very much. Um, and the more in our alignment we are, the less real life waiting time is usually involved because things are much more flowy. And mm-hmm. the more we are in alignment, the more the universe usually wants us to do and to ge- share our gifts and be seen. And mm-hmm. then they keep us really busy from, you know, from up there, as I like to say. They're like, OK, she's good. She has enough energy. <laughs> she's on track to doing the right thing let's keep sending. And you're like, ah. Yeah, exactly. But in the, beginning, in the beginning, it's oftentimes, oh God, now I have to wait to mm-hmm. respond to things. Oh my God. And yeah. It's, it, but it often, is. yeah, often it's just a change of awareness. It's mm-hmm. not even that much a change in actual human timing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I ran a group at one of the treatment facilities I ran a group at one of the treatment facilities that I worked at and one of the pieces is is um Kind of doing some like explorative journaling and we kind of break into different sections of our lives and look at, you know, different goals and things like that. And I always tell, give them the, the papers. And then I say, okay, read over the prompt. And then I say, okay, for the next two minutes, all you can do is think about what you're going to write and you can't write. And then you move on and they can write and they have five minutes after that. And so then they, we go through this process and we, t- we, at the end, we'll have a discussion about how did that two minutes feel And it's because so many people are not used to waiting. They just react and they just go and do it. And so when I saw that piece about waiting, and now that you said, there's only one type that doesn't have to wait. We do get in this habit of thinking that it's so negative to wait, that Mm -hmm. it's wrong or that we're not like do it going through. And I think going back to that idea of the nine to five, we're so much in that grind, right? Like it's You know, you have to work super hard to get ahead and all these different things. And that's not necessarily the only way that is working nowadays. So like you touched on earlier, again, the idea of this is helping people understand that this isn't a box. This is, it's not one fits all. It's not, this is how you get ahead. And this is the, you know, sales pitch that you have to do or the, um, you know, launch skill that's going to work for your business or whatever it is. It's specific to how you are as a human, which is a whole different way of us thinking and even understanding how the world works.
1: Exactly. And what the human design chart or listening to your body or however you want to call it, or being in in tune with the flow or being able to intuit divine timing comes down to is just divine timing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the more we can be in our flow and in our own alignment, the more things get sped up as a lot of the challenges or stuckness that people experience is oftentimes just because what they're meant to find in that stuckness and in that pause. And sometimes in the suffering and the pain is the strength and the the resilience and that inner alignment and and the key to, to more ease oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So when, once we figure that out and everyone has their own journey toward that more, then divine timing seems to speed up. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. but it's also, we can, the more we trust and the more we are in alignment and see that we're actually meant to thrive. Like a lot of people are like, Oh my God, because our conditioning, like you said, it's like, Oh, if we don't hustle and do nine to five and work all the time, we can't be successful and our businesses will never work. So then it takes a lot of either guts or having a lot of positive role models who can show you that alignment brings you the same, if not better success, because it also allows you to take those rest cycles or Mm -hmm. nourish yourself with fun or whatever you need, right? In order to have this whole thing be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's another beautiful thing that human design shows so much is how you, with your type, your energy, your inner flow, and whatever centers you have defined or undefined, whatever is um, aligned for you for sustainability, mm-hmm. because even your type who has a lot of workforce energy, when when you are lit up by what you do, you still also need rest, mm-hmm. right? So It's just finding your own perfect recipe.
0: Yeah, I know. I read that section. It said uh, alchemists will face burnout if they're not lit up by what they do. And I said, I just started thinking about all the jobs in my life so far and where I felt that burnout. And I could really tell it wasn't, it wasn't until I found, you know, a group of individuals that I liked working with and what kind of lit me up and where I channeled the direction of schooling and all this different stuff. And even though, it is, you know, I do have that, that workforce that moves me forward. And, and I feel that passion, it still was really difficult when that was in a different way, when I was trying to do what I should be doing, or kind of had these different constraints for myself, it was it was really challenging.
1: Mm. Yeah, I hear you. And um, the shoulds are killing all of us. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) They're deeply ingrained, just like the lyrics of those songs you listened to when you were 16. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. And I wanted to touch on too, I read a little bit about um, your story of kind of how you were dealing with some things in a relationship and also um, when you left your corporate, more corporate job and we're having some issues with like manifesting the money and having the kind of consistent income. And you said that by finding out that you were a projector in human design and kind of applying that things changed for you. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious if you could talk like a little bit about like what that looked like.
1: So my job in corporate is already a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but um, what I did get the joy of doing for. So for my type, it's important to get invited into the work we do. Mm. because the recognition needs to be there first we can't force our opinions on others or else it doesn't land Mm -hmm. so when I left corporate I got in I left corporate because I was invited into something funner Mm -hmm. and I stayed there for a long time but um for my and and then after building a startup with my ex-husband I um after I built a startup with my ex-husband I became self-employed and that was where the challenge really came in of how to build a business mm-hmm. in the generator world or in a, in a world where people are used to teaching how to hustle and all these things, and you think when you're self-employed, that just means now you have to work twenty hours a day, right? And that sure, does sure. not at all work with my energy type. And so for for that, um, it has been the most eye-opening, scary, and also, it, it has taken time for deconditioning because mm-hmm. a big piece of what human design is about is deconditioning our not self. Mm-hmm. And so my teacher often says human design is primarily firstly there to teach you who you're not mm-hmm. because oftentimes we have to empty out the bucket so much first before we can really see who we are at the core without all our stories, when we just really feel and listen to our soul. So for that, for my own entrepreneurial journey, it has helped me so much, but it has taken time because there has been so much conditioning around what it should look like to have your own coaching business.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's incredibly powerful to look at. Like you said that it's so much deconditioning because – we often look at these new success tools or self-help books or all these things. And I think that's one of the problems that really, when I first really started working on self-help, I wasn't, you know, looking at kind of more spiritual, holistic things. I was looking at, uh, you know, more hustling things and and self-development tools that were all about do this, implement this into your life, put this here, work out, you know, two hours a day or whatever it was. And it, was daunting to me because you already have all this stuff going on. You already have all these things in your life. And so I think it becomes overwhelming when we look at all these different modalities and tools, even if they are can be super helpful that we're not addressing who we already are. And so I like that, you know, you're saying with human design, and as you said, your teacher said that it's looking at who we're not and really peeling away those layers to get into you know, back into an alignment instead of, you know, trying to push ourselves into alignment, right? Yeah, exactly. That kind of hand gesture of like just feeling overwhelmed, like you're being pushed down. Human design is a very, seems to me, like I said, I'm not an expert by any means, but from what I've learned from it and just chatting with you now, it seems like it's a lot more open and expressive because you're peeling away these layers and empowering yourself to be who you truly are at your core.
1: That is a beautiful way of putting it, and um, in more uh, in more everyday life terms, I like to refer to it um, because deconditioning is one of the big things that I do with my business partner. Mm-hmm. And how we explain it there, oftentimes it's just like when your shit bucket is full, there's nothing else that fits in there still. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to empty the shit bucket first in order to actually just see or activate or envision our gifts Mm -hmm. and envision, I mean, activate, Mm -hmm. but um, to every one of our listeners today, and also just your listeners or whoever like happens to come upon this, it's, it's important to just really allow yourself to understand that when you're feeling stuck, the reason why you're feeling bad the reason why your body is experiencing energies or sensations that are not pleasant is because you are living in those moments in your not self. Um, there's different terms for it all across. In human design, they call it not self. In in other modalities, it could also be referred to as um, the hurt inner child, or just mm-hmm. the inner child, or your inner wounding, or um, your conditioning, whatever it is, but it's good feedback from the body because the body feels best when body and soul are on one path when they're aligned and it's like all systems go forward, right? That's why a lot of people do feel stuck because their soul always wants to pull us forward Mm -hmm. and the conditioning and the body and the fears and all that stuff that's like, Oh no. And the mind always coming in with like, yeah, but that couldn't possibly work. You know, that's like your steam engine wants to go forward with your soul and your Mm -hmm. body is like being held by all these energies, like these heavy chains in the back of the steam engine like no, we're not going. We're scared. We're angry. We're bitter. We're resentful. We have no energy, you know. And that is just a beautiful feedback system from your body that it's not in alignment with soul. So even though it might feel uncomfortable right now, and we've all been there, and I was just again there yesterday. It's like mm-hmm. don't get spared. It just happens again and again. It's just always me a lot easier at least when I see it as a feedback mechanism it's like okay my body and my soul are not on double green lights right now mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta sit with it we gotta there's something to look at something to love something to integrate and be grateful for it you know not just see Absolutely. it as a as a hurdle or like something like oh why am I always Getting to feel all this shit i must be doing a lot of stuff wrong mm-hmm. and then like you said then we get into the spiritual busy work of mm-hmm. oh, that must be because i didn't meditate yesterday for an hour and mm-hmm. even more and ah it's a yeah. cycle.
0: it is but i like that you even touched on that yesterday you were in that space because i think that there's a really big misunderstanding or misconception that coaches and gurus and whatever people refer to themselves as or any you know like high authority professional in any sense um that they've got it all figured out and that you know when we're teaching these things that um we're just in the flow and everything is perfect and the truth is it's crap right like that's we all are human still we're trying to figure out how to live a human experience while also being this spiritual being and so you know, we're supposed to struggle. I I saw a quote from on my chart that I pulled out. I loved it. It said, um, struggling is in our hardwiring, Um, but suffering is not. Mm -hmm. And that was really powerful for me. I was like, yeah, we are here. Like we do go through tough things. This is not like a piece of cake life, right? We're going to run into hard things. And, but we don't, how much we suffer is up to us. And you kind of hit on that, right? With staying in this not true self and being in those spots, but also letting yourself stay stuck in those spots because you said you were there yesterday, but you use the tools that you know mm-hmm. to help you and to allow you to just be. And, and it's funny that you said yesterday, cause I had the same thing. I, uh, we had our, I'm pregnant. And so we had this big anatomy scan, uh, <laughs> Um yeah. And it's really exciting, but it's also, I it got like a lot of nerves going, right. Cause it's the big anatomy skin. So it's halfway. So you mm-hmm. see if there's different physical things going on. Um, and we didn't get our results until today, which everything was good. So that's exciting, but, <laughs> um, I had to wait a whole day and I'm so impatient with stuff like that. And so, um, I really felt yesterday, like I, I took the day off and I was just like, you know what I need to just relax. I need to rest. And that looked like reading and watching a Christmas movie and just hanging out. But there were so many other things. I was like, I should be doing all these things. I should be meditating and, you know, I should be going on like an exercise, exercise or walk or whatever it was. And when I really listened to myself and stepped into that place of listening to that body, like you said, it was exactly what I needed. And I was able to move forward. And today with a lot more of a clear presence and clear mind and to go back into that space. Um, But taking into account, like you said, that every single person, no matter the human design type needs that rest, needs that wait time, Um, except for one, but I'm sure they still need rest. Everybody does.
1: (laughs) No, everybody does need rest. Those guys just don't need to wait for initiating action. There you go. Okay. That makes sense. I was planning manifestors.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and just so you know, because I have a lot of friends and um, former clients who are of this type, mm-hmm. they wish they weren't that type. It's like, what i like to call the the curly hair straight hair problem oh yeah <laughs> like oh i wish i could just wait to respond to something i'm here with that huge responsibility of having to just start things out of my internal creative flow and that is so scary i wish i didn't have to mm-hmm. and all the other types are like i wish i was a manifester and then mm-hmm. manifest, like no you don't
0: yeah <laughs> so, I get that. I've got curly hair in my whole life. I grew up with people being like, I wish I had your curly hair. And I was like, no, you don't. You don't wish you had the frizz and all this stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's very true. Yeah. Um, so you touched on earlier that also that it can help with parenting. And I'm mm-hmm. curious how this can be helpful with children.
1: Oh, my gosh. So helpful. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you saw, but my little guy was dancing around here. He was right. Writing- <laughs> He was writing me notes of oh, what he needed for me right now, which was chocolate. <laughs> and like and um, but yeah, so he is a type with, with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, so I had Vedic Vedic astrology readings done for them both when okay. um when they were younger. And in Vedic astrology, my astrologer said, um, oh, they're both. They get each other. They're very similar in many ways, and this and that, and and they get each other like nobody else. And I'm like, oh, sounds great. And then I got their Human Design charts once I knew about Human Design, and um, they're so different in so mm-hmm. many ways, but they're also very complementary in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But what it really, really helps with is um, in guiding them how to find their own. Like you, for example, for you, you know, um, for your type. Yes and no questions. My son is a manager and manifesting generator. So he's also, he needs the yes or no questions. Just even knowing that. And mm-hmm. and my partner, he's also an alchemist generator. Um And he does open-ended questions really well. Some people, it's just like some people have more access, but sometimes when he doesn't have access to something or my son as well, a yes and no question can unlock so much, mm. and just even knowing that, or for children, like my daughter does very well with open ended que- or open questions, like and um, because her type doesn't have the sacral that goes yes or no, like she's my type, and so for him, it's like, Do you want oatmeal? and he'll be like, Uh huh. <laughs> so it's just even guiding them, but also once the awareness comes in more, you can guide them toward their own decision making process. which. Mm depending on how many centers you have defined or undefined, you can feel very different around other people or around this, the planetary alignments or all kinds of things. And then life can get very confusing. And then you want to come back to your head again for um, decision-making or you just can't make a decision. So I know long, long time in my life, I was very, very indecisive. And so in my twenties, and this is, I think, what gave me a big advantage and um, leg up on human design is that I accidentally came across my authority in my twenties mm-hmm. and just learned that my heart is the only reliable source for answers. And so I've been following my my authority for over twenty years unknowingly. But if I had even known that earlier, I wouldn't have. Ha- I mean, I know we both know there isn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but right. it's just really, really powerful for children to know where to find their reliable answers and decisions in their body mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. on and to be so in tune with themselves, their bodies, their intuition. Um, yeah, and then it also helps a lot with <sighs> So once your little baby is born, I mean, when they're a baby, I feel like it's still different because of so many naps. Mm-hmm. But even as a toddler, once they, they go, the generators and the managers, they just literally won't fall asleep if the energy isn't all spent, you know, mm-hmm. if the sacral energy isn't all spent. Um, and my type and, uh, and the manifestors and the reflectors, we have to go to bed before we get tired and lay down so our body can calm and you know and um discharge all the energy that we take in in the sacral all day from others so even with like bedtime routine and and guiding them and understanding their sense of like if they're emotionally defined if they have the emotional solar plexus defined they will go through ups and downs with their emotions a lot more and Mm. teaching them how to be okay with that that it's normal and showing them how to hold that space for themselves for not feeling good or crying or whatever they need to do mm-hmm. that, that they don't, that they're not dis- depressed or anything's wrong with them. Like all these things, the earlier in life, you know them and the parents can guide their kids with it. It's so helpful.
0: I love that. I'm, I'm excited to know that and to kind of be able to implement that. Cause I think, you know, we, we look at kids and we often look at in society like, oh, they're so innocent. And that's true. But at the same time, conditioning happens so immediately. Um, You know, I saw a study for one of my classes and it was asking six-year-old boys and girls about um, gender stereotypes and roles. And it was absurd to say, like, they would ask some questions like, who goes to work during the day? And they would say, daddy. And then they would say, who stays at home and cleans? And they'd say, mommy. And even though those are older ideas and it was a little bit of an older film, um, it was still crazy that at six years old, these kids already had these conditionings and already kind of had this imprinted in their minds. And so with this idea of human design, allowing it to be more empowering and teaching them to be in you know the state that fits them and in alignment, as well as allowing for that you know decondition, like we've talked about, I can't even imagine how powerful that will be. I'm excited to try it. And my husband was giving me a hard time the other day because um obviously I, I'm in this field and And obviously I find all this stuff very fascinating. And so I'm the one looking up like emotional regulation books for toddlers and babies, you know, and like all these things. And I found them and I was psyched and it was, you know, like one was like how to teach your kids about gratitude and, you know, when miles is mad and like all these different things. And it was just um, I was so excited about that because I think when we can apply these things to ourselves, it's incredible. And when we can, you know, our kids learn from our interactions and how we handle things with ourselves. But when we can also implement that in our kids and teach them how to feel safe, listening to their body and listening to, um, you know, how they are in alignment, it's incredible to think about how different society would be if we implemented mm-hmm. that and how well we can set them up for success, even to be, you know, however you look at that, but success within themselves of like, Building that self-love and building that self-esteem and all these kind of amazing things.
1: Yes, it's super powerful. And what you're just saying is also really what I've believed in since I was little, mm-hmm. even though it'll be it'll be hard to imagine that it's gonna happen in my lifetime, but I'm always dreaming of when everybody's doing what they really love doing. It's going to be a beautiful. Alchemistic ba- balance mm-hmm. of everyone just has something that the other one needs. And I'm not even saying barter and no more money. I don't even know if I want that, but I'm just, <laughs> that's also what human design is mm-hmm. encouraging more to trust that your desires that are from your heart, not the, I need a new, bigger car, because then my neighbors finally will think that I made it, mm-hmm. but the desires of, I just want to share my gifts. I want to, be a coach I love humans I love helping people that's what I want to do not just only that but desires that don't have a reason desires Mm -hmm. that are just because they're led from soul and something's really really calling you or your creativity you know and that it's so needed Mm -hmm. and that you can thrive because not just because of what you create the thing or you know especially in the coaching industry it's oftentimes oh what if my course has thing or is a similar course to what that person is offering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not just the course. It's, bless you. It's the, you. En- <laughs> it's the energy, right? Mm-hmm. The energy transmission of the creativity, because when you are creating purely from channeling from source and you receive your creativity through a clear channel, then it will always carry its own healing energy and it gets infused with whatever you have to offer energetically. So people beat themselves up so much oftentimes for not knowing enough or they need to have another certification in order to offer this or that when they don't realize that their medicine lies in their creativity and just in trusting source. And yes, we can always learn more and there's a lot of beauty in that and I love it too. But it's also in like really trusting the energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: part of it. And that's, Absolutely. that's a little woo woo, but you know, we're here in the right woo woo circle. So yeah, no, I <laughs> totally agree.
0: As, as you're saying it, I'm like, man, I couldn't say it any better, right? Like we, we do and, and we don't start things because of that fear. And we let that kind of go into our mind. But if we are like, we keep talking about in that place where we're coming for our heart or coming for our gut and allowing kind of these things to come into our space, we really are able to move forward. I mean, I can come up with a million reasons why I should have never started a podcast, but at the same time, I love doing it. <laughs> There's a million podcasts out there, but I know that the listeners that need to hear this will hear it. Right. So, um, and I love that you said that, cause that was, that was a huge learning curve for me as becoming a coach is that, you know, looking at all the launch strategies and the course strategies and everything like that. But the fact that, oh my gosh, how is my course going to be better than theirs? And then having to adjust of whoa it doesn't, there's no better or worse. It's, I have a unique gift that I'm sharing through this and they have a unique gift that they're sharing for it. And the right people will come to you and the right people will go to them. And it kind of, again, goes back to this deconditioning of comparison, right? This comparison strategy that we use, which we could talk about for hours.
1: <laughs> comparison has been one of my huge teachers and medicines.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it <sucks. laughs> yes, it does. Um, one aspect I did want to say, um, because I think that all of our listeners should figure out, you know, which human design type they are. I think it was really empowering for me um, to figure that out and to to know, too, because I've always felt like the nine to five is not ideal for me. But at the same time, I think I can do it. I just need to figure out a way that I love doing that with it. And so that was kind of like for me, it really solidified. I was like, oh, it's not the nine to five that bothers me. It's doing what I don't like to be doing is what bothers me. Um, But the part that I found most important was the focus piece and talking in my um, kind of explanation of my chart, it said that for me, um, work and career and family are the two things that. When I am focused on those and moving towards those, that's when I'll be like happy and I'm kind of in my natural state. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really powerful to, to know. And I, and I wanted to kind of leave off on that because we're talking about how this can be helpful in parenting and how this can be helpful in interactions with others and how this can be helpful in understanding ourselves. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is, you know, I'm, currently in a master's program and people are like, I don't know how you do that and work full time and have your coaching business and do the podcast. And I'm like, because I love it. I enjoy it because I'm moving towards that goal and those things for me. Um, But at the same time, I'm also okay taking a step back because we're starting a family. And so it helped me kind of figure out my balance with those different things. Uh, So I think that that focus piece was really, really helpful kind of in understanding myself a little bit more.
1: This makes me really happy to hear. And um, now you've made me want to look up mine again (laughs) because the the focus piece, I think, is something also very specific to my teacher, Karen Curry Parker. Mm -hmm. And um, for everyone who's interested, so Karen Curry Parker has just been um, developing a system more. It's not a different system from human design. It's just Mm -hmm. a different language because originally the language that um, Ra who brought this beautiful system into life, it was in the eighties and people weren't as awake as now. So the language needed to be different. And so over time, there's, for example, a gate called the gate of struggle. But if, if you are very aware of how words and language changes your awareness, if you constantly tell yourself, I have the gate of struggle, Mm -hmm. then you know, that's, (laughs) That might keep you in a certain mindset, and Definitely. so Karen has just seen that importance of changing the language to something a little more encouraging and empowering. And um, so I, I just wanted to mention that um, there's so many different approaches right now. There's also Gene Keys for those who want to deepen everything, mm. and but it's slightly different. There and you know if you, <laughs> there's so many ways of how you can find out about yourself in these ways. Um, and I just want to encourage you that when you pull your de- human design chart and you look around for who you want to learn from more, if that feels aligned, that you really just feel into your body, like whose who's teaching method, whose words, whose general approach on life do you like, and allow yourself to really go with that, not as much as with the head, you know, who has Mm -hmm. the most years or whatever because everyone brings a slight different approach to human design and it's also a lot in the alchemization of understandings Um, how they understand the system, how they see you Mm -hmm. and what else they bring with their energy to the table to make it like a soup, a healing soup cocktail for you. Mm-hmm. So, just wanted to mention that. But I really like Karen Curry Parker, but I also really like the original teachings. I also like Chet Parkin a lot. He's a British guy, I think. Um, There's just so many beautiful teachers, and it's just a preference thing.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I, I love that too. Cause um, for our listeners, I had never um, worked with Alex before and um, I actually found her through Instagram and I don't know how, uh, <laughs> but I just kind of put it out there and there's a lot of, you know, human design experts. There's a lot of different people, but Um, I didn't reach out to any except Alex. So I kind of listened to that gut and knew that Alex was the one that I wanted to come on and chat. So what she said, of very much like trusting that I feel like she was a perfect fit for, you know, the podcast and for our listeners and um, what we're kind of trying to learn today. Um, So thank you so much for coming on, Alex. It was a pleasure talking with you.
1: You too. And I'm very honored to hear that. And (laughs) thank you for inviting me.
0: Of course. And for all of you guys, I will post all of Alex's information, how you can find her, how you can start learning about human design from her um, in the podcast episode notes. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, rate, rescri- subscribe, and review. We'd love to hear um, you know, what you're thinking, what you want to hear, um, any feedback we love. Um, and more than anything, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.